guys. I don't have a bag of balls up here. I don't have shaving cream. I have the microphone on my left ear. I have my belt on. Yeah. And I've got a tie on. It's, uh, it's beginning to come together here, isn't it? We talked uh, the first week about emptying, last week about resting, and this week we're going to talk a little bit about listening. Um, listening is a hard thing to do. In fact, as I was, I've been kind of thinking about this for a long time, and I, I've done some retreats. We've done some retreats with this activity. It's just a Bible study method or strategy. And, and as I was just kind of thinking about what we wanted to do together with this community, um, I thought about changing it up a little bit and bringing some, you know, uh, talking to BJ and, and uh, uh, maybe getting Greg to come up and sing using, you know, no rests and stuff like that, you know, not really, uh, but you know, putting some music on as a background, you know, because that's so contemplative, it makes us really kind of get into the mood and, and, uh, and then I thought, you know, that really isn't what, uh, what we want to talk about this morning. The words are Lectio Divina, divine reading. And it's an old, ancient uh, Bible study meditative strategy. And as we were sitting here thinking, as, as worship's been going on, I was uh, talking to Angela when the little kids were up here singing and we were talking. She, she commented on my coffee. Is that black? Black coffee? You know, and yeah. And uh, so we had a little conversation about our coffee likes. And you know, I told her, I said, you know, my coffee like comes from when I was like 10 years old. I said, this is kind of one of those things that I learned. And uh, how old, uh, let's see, uh, are your kids back there, both boys? Girl and a boy. And the boy is like two. Um, we're sitting there during the Lord's Supper. And before, before, when we're singing, when I survey the wonder of coffee, do you know what he said? He said, I heard him say the Lord's Supper. How did he know that? He's two years old. And we're just singing, when I survey the wondrous cross. How did he learn that? Right, you know? I'm going, well, how our brains, how we learn things, and, and how, how God touches us. And as, uh, as a 10-year-old, it took me a little while. You know, I didn't have to read a book. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not a, a, a book learner. I'm not. I'm an I'm a experiential learner, Right? My mom uh, said one day, son, you need to read this book about stoves and, and learn how they're hot. Well, it never worked, right? I had to touch it. You guys are laughing because you know what I'm talking about. Some of you learn by doing things. And, and so that was the coffee thing. I, I'll refer back to that. Um, and this really does tie to Lectio Divina. Uh, when I was like 10 years old, my dad had a, a, a co-worker. He was a railroader. And those railroaders kind of all buddied together. And uh, one of his, his friends, they were, they were all carmen, you know, welders and mechanical guys. I think I told you that a couple weeks ago, because I, I did that. I served an apprenticeship on the railroad, kind of followed in my dad's footsteps for about three years. But when I was 10, Marlon Rose was a neighbor, lived down the street about three or four houses, and, and dad and, and Marlon would go fishing together. And so when I was 10, I, I got invited on a fishing trip. We were going over on the Nineska River. We were taking Marlon's boat. So uh, Marlon was going to pick us up at like 4 in the morning, you know, railroad hours, you know, not little kid hours. And I was excited because I was 10 and I got to get up and go early. And so, uh, 
so Marlon pulled up in front of our house and the boat was on behind the behind his pickup truck and and I went out and and uh, you know kind of strutted out there and I opened the door and hopped up in there in the middle between Marlon and my dad and when I opened the door this aroma this fragrance and I, you know I knew Marlon was a smoker he smoked big cigars and uh, I opened that door and this puff of big cigar smoke came out and and I looked up in there and and I looked at Marlon and he was kind of twirling that cigar and it wasn't lit it wasn't any red but there was smoke in the truck and and he wallered that thing around his mouth and it was kind of green and slimy I'm looking at him and going oh I gotta sit next to this guy and uh, so so I'm in that truck you know between my dad and 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 Marlon I don't know if you know they'd taken baths the night before. I can't remember that aroma, but I do remember the, the, uh, the, the cigar smoke. And so my dad has his thermos of coffee. Right. Uh, railroaders don't drink foo-foo coffee. <laughs> no, they don't. So he opens that coffee, and, and uh, he had, a, had some cups there, and, and he pours himself a cup of coffee. Marlon, you want a cup? Yeah, yeah, I'll have a cup. So Marlon gets a cup of coffee, and he looks at me. Son, you want a cup of coffee? Yeah, Dad. And so, uh, so he gives me a cup of coffee, and already, you know, my, my lungs and, and, and nostrils are, are just full of that cigar smoke, and I think my stomach's already begin to, to turn a little bit, and, and I got that coffee, and I'm so proud sitting there in that Chevy truck, you know, with my dad and Marlon, and about a half a cup of coffee, and it's hot. Oh, the steam's coming up, and it smelled, you know, coffee smells pretty good. Yeah. And I took a sip of that, and I, whoo, I spit it out. And Dad looked at me and said, Son, if you're going to learn to drink coffee, you're going to learn to drink it like a man. Hot as fire and black as night. <laughs> so that's what I told Angela about my coffee back there. Hot as fire and black as night. I learned that when I was a little kid. And uh, I really don't like a lot of stuff in my coffee. I, I'm not a foo-foo coffee drinker, right? And uh, so that goes way back. And as we were sitting there thinking, I was just, I've thought a lot about what we're talking about. And, and I... Um, uh, Something else came, came, oh, oh, today's birthdays, birthdays, birthday, right? And, uh, and something that was said last week, Jana mentioned it's her birthday, but also it's Greg and Lloyd's, this is the day they were baptized. Yeah, and, uh, and, and that made me think, this morning as I was sitting back there, I saw in the note it was Jana's birthday, and that reminded me of that conversation last week about Greg and, and Lloyd, and it and that reminded me this morning as I was sitting there looking at Jana's, you know, birthday cake there on the little emblem. And, and I thought, that took my mind back to Wellington, Kansas. To the Church of Christ there in Wellington, Kansas. And it took me back to the day I was baptized. And I remember, I remember the, the smell of the baptistry. My mom and dad were the janitors for the church. And, uh, and so, you know, on Saturdays we got to go and we got to clean the baptistry and scrub it, you know. And, and wash it all out. Yeah, all those, those smells of cleaning the baptistry in the old church building. All those memories came back. And as I was sitting there thinking this morning and, and kind of doing communion and, and, and thinking about so many things. So many of my memories and my Bible studies. My Bible class teacher, Sister Shoemaker. And, and Shirley Craig. Um, I just remember classes. I remember the flannel boards. And I remember talking about the Sea of Galilee. And... I remember so much of that stuff from when I was a kid. But you know, the stuff I don't remember a lot of was reading. Because I was a lousy reader. I hated to read. I didn't read. And, uh, and especially 
when I was reading King James. Woo! That was way beyond Kansas talk. Right? We didn't talk like that. But, you know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot by those teachers who took those old, you know, old King James scriptures and they wove them into real life pictures and songs and stuff. And I, I learned so much about God when I was, was a kid. And, uh, and as I grew up, I, I learned more about how I learned and those kind of things. And as I was doing a lot of youth ministry and teamwork, um, you know, what I, I've come to realize in, in my teaching career, I've come to realize that the people don't learn the same way. We learn in, in a variety of ways. And uh, so I think it's really important as, as believers in Christ that we, we, we understand that. And we try to, to um, in, in as many ways as we can, to reach into those learning styles and those different people's worlds and bring them the Word of God. And so one of those things is Lectio Divina, uh, divine reading. And it's really a meditative uh, way to look at Scripture and study Scripture. And I would... I would encourage you to think for a minute this morning. I want us to think for just a minute about, about Jesus. Because, you know, Jesus, when he went... Uh, when, he, when he was born... Uh, he didn't have a copy of the Hebrew Scriptures. You know, Genesis through Zechariah, Zephaniah and Malachi, right? Uh, he, he didn't have a copy of that. And so I'm always intrigued by, by the, the Jewish system of, of teaching it. By the time he was 12, he could quote, he knew. You know, their system of teaching kids was phenomenal. And I don't know a lot about it. I've studied and read a little bit about the way they did that. And, uh, and it's just amazing. When you, when you start reading about his, his early ministry, he walked into the temple and, and he astounded people by the way he could teach. He knew scripture. Um, and so we have to ask ourselves the question, how did he know that? He was a carpenter's son, right? He was in the carpenter shop. Uh, and uh, and, he, and he, he, I mean, that's what he did. He worked with his hands. He was a carpenter, right? He didn't have tons of time to go to school to learn all that. So how did he? Um, in Philippians, it tells us that he emptied himself. We, we, we talked about that scripture the first week when we talked about emptying. And so he became flesh and dwelt among us. He became like us. So... So we have to, to come to, to the realization that Jesus had to learn. He was learning all of these things just like we did. Scriptures. I, I really don't believe that he had the supernatural ability or he kept, he kept all the scriptures in his mind when he came. He was born as a baby and they're just kind of all there. You know, he, could, you know, he woke up one morning and looked at his mother in the crib and you know, started quoting scripture. I don't think he did that that way. He emptied himself, and he grew up uh, in a Jewish system of, 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 religious, of religion and learning, and he learned Scripture by, I think in part, meditating on Scripture. He meditated on it. That's one of the ways they do that. Um, and I, I, uh, the first week I also mentioned my favorite passage in Scripture, Psalm 5.3, In the morning, O Lord, I order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. And I think I made some references to you about Jesus' ministry. And so I want to look at a couple of passages um, to, uh, to kind of 
guide us in this direction, in the, the Lectio Divina direction. I do have, in just a minute, I've got some uh, word search for, for the kids. Um, and their passage is uh, Philippians 4.13. Um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So they're going to have to do a little word search on it and see if they can find that in just a minute. Um, but before we, we do that, let's look at a couple of passages um, and, and kind of set this thing up a little bit. We know that Scripture is given to us to, to reveal to us who our Father is, who God is, truths about Him. And certainly... We know that Scripture, you know, and this is the study part of Scripture, all right? So, so we know that, that in, in our background and, and, and our knowledge, we need to know a little bit about the Bible, right? It's written by four, like 40 guys over a period of like 1,500 years. It's an amazing book that we, that we hold in our hand. And that's not what we're going to do this morning. That's not Lectio Divina. That's kind of coming to grips intellectually with the book we hold in our hands, right? And that's an important study to recognize who's talking and, and, and the settings and all of those kind of things, right? So when we come to Scripture, we know that, that First and Second Corinthians were written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth to give them instruction and do certain things. We understand that and we know that, you know? We know that the, the Genesis tells about the beginning and he has placed the first book of the Pentateuch and we, so we know those things. We study the scriptures, we know, we know the layout of the Bible, and we're amazed by all of that. But we know that the whole, the entire, when we step back and look at what we hold in our hands, what we hold in our heart, the scriptures, Hebrews 4 tells us the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, that, that it's able to divide the joints and the marrow, that it's a, it's a tool that God wants to use to work in us, all right? And so we're removed a little bit from the authors of the Old and New Testament, from the language of the Old and New Testament, and so that's another study in itself. I believe, though, that the Scriptures were given to us, were given to mankind, so that we could understand God in a much more deep, meaningful way. That's, I mean, that's what they do. You know, I know there's some people say, well, I, I learned about God by looking at the tree. Uh, that, you know, okay, I, I do too, partly, right? But understanding that God does not speak apart from his word. He affirms all of those truths about the trees and the skies and the heavens, and all those things are affirmed in Scripture. You know, uh, uh, the evolution class, we, we talked a little bit about that last week. Um, astronomy and all those things. We can marvel when scientists take one of these things on and just and, and we find something in Scripture that says, oh yeah, yeah, well the science, it's right there. You know? The heavens are hung on nothing. Yeah, all those proofs, all those teleological and all those kind of ological arguments, you know, that we, that we, we study about. All right? Today we want to talk about God's Word just coming in to us. So let me start with, uh, with the book of Luke, right? And I, uh, Luke, the first few chapters are pretty, are pretty amazing. Um, Luke chapter 4, verse 42, is, the, is one of the first places. And 
This is kind of a fun thing in and of itself. If you'll just, I've got a red letter edition, right? Red letter edition, Jesus Speaks. Well, I like keying in sometimes on the black parts because it tells me where he was and what he was doing. In Luke 4, 42, that remind anybody of a car? Yeah, yeah, 442, they're excited. Isn't that amazing? Our mind, when we think things in our past, things that we've experienced, when we hear something and it triggers a memory. Okay, let's look at Jesus right here. Luke 442. It says, like in 42, my eyes are kind of blurry. At, At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Stop. Jesus went out to a solitary place. Wow. Luke 5, 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, Now the word solitary doesn't come into that verse a little later. If you read on, there were people all around him. It wasn't solitary uh, one little bit. Luke 5.16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 6.2. Sorry, that's not the one I wanted. Um, it's 22. Uh, no, it's uh, Luke 6, 12. Uh, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Praying, communing. Um, I believe in, in, in part of that prayer time, was uh, this business of Lectio Divina. And he never called it that. Um, but it's just the idea of meditating on God's Word. Contemplative. Contemplating. Thinking. Serious in your heart. God, what are you saying to me? Speaking with Him. Enjoying some time. Listen, sometimes it's not an enjoyment, is it? Right? And, uh, and I like to think of this Lectio Divina too as times with, with, uh, with, with my dad or, or people that, that I really value listening to. I think this is kind of a, it's a similar kind of thing uh, when, when we get some time, and uh, when I was younger, I got to spend more time with my dad than I do now. But, you know, uh, my dad wasn't one to just kind of sit down and really explain things in, in wordy ways. He was kind of a doer. He was a doer of the word, right? He was a do, he's a doer of life. Um, I, I always wished, because, and especially now in my life, um, I look for opportunities to listen to people. Um, there, are a few, there are a few guys in, 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 in my world that, that I, I love having breakfast with. I like having breakfast with Lloyd and listening to things that he's doing with his family. Um, uh, Ron Cabrera, our former superintendent, is a guy that I love to have breakfast with. 
And, uh, and I, I love to listen to Ron talk because he knows what he's talking about in, in a lot of things, I, I think. And so those times when I just can sit and listen and pull from people, I really like doing that. Some of you think, well, you don't really like to talk, too. And my students think, you really like to talk. In fact, they tell me that a lot. And, uh, and they're probably right, too right. Um, but I'm learning to, to really practice this listening thing a little more. And I know it's important. And so that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Lectio Divina, divine reading. So let me hand out this, uh, this word find. And we're going to practice just a little bit of Lectio Divina. We're going to go through the, uh, through the process. We have one uh, little one over there. Um, I see that one back and, uh, children can take it. Oh, we have two. Let me get another one. I need one more. Thank you. So uh, that, the, the words are on the bottom, Was that that thing squeaking? Okay, that's good, not the microphone, because um, that wouldn't be fun. Does anybody know how Psalm 23 starts? The Lord, yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I grew up, um, and I got to spend, uh, when I was working on farms in Kansas, one of the shepherds at our church owned sheep. And uh, so I got to learn a little bit about Sheep, but we don't, as Americans, know a lot about sheep and how they're shepherded and and, and all that kind of thing. And uh, we're not going to get into shepherding today, uh, but we are going to focus on that passage. But before we get there, let me kind of talk you through the steps of lectio divina. And you can do lectio divina as an individual. You can do it as uh, as group, as small groups. And we're going to practice it uh, with this passage, Psalm 23, in just a minute. And then we're going to, when we do our discussion groups, we're, I've got some, uh, some guidelines, a couple of other passages. That's what we're going to do today, is practice Lectio Divina. Um, I have another sheet that I want to pass out. And I did this in a couple of ways, um, Lloyd. I've, uh, I've got a couple of different models. I've got this one that's kind of black and white and, uh, and, and that kind of thing. And I've got one more for... Uh, uh, Cameron, for you guys, it's got a couple little figures on there. It's not real, um, it's just a little more visually appealing. Um, it kind of says the same thing and kind of walks you through in different ways. Um, so I want to pass these back to you. And you can take whichever one you want, all right, adults. If you're more, you know, the stick figures and you know, you want some drawings, that's fine. All right, nobody's going to look down on you. We might look at you, but we won't look down on you. Okay? Um, so I'm going to pass a couple of those back. Take one, uh, take whichever one you want. Don't everybody in the front take one of the kids ones or one of the, uh, the uh, stick figure ones because then we want something to keep in the back. Um, and uh, as soon as those gets back, well, actually, while they're going back, I'll talk to you a little bit more. Meditating deeply on God's Word. So I want to come back to the music thing and, uh, and why we're not going to do that. Because as I started thinking, I was thinking about this, uh, this business of Jesus going out and spending the night on the hillside. He, uh, he slapped on his iPod, plugged in his earbuds, 
and he's jamming along up the mountainside, you know, uh, singing a happy tune. No, he didn't. He didn't. Um, he, he didn't carry music with him. He didn't have a chorus with him. You know, the boys weren't coming along singing. The disciples weren't in chorus out there. It was quiet. And uh, there are a lot of hunters and outdoors people in this, in this community. And, uh, and, you know, yesterday I, I went, to, uh, uh, went up to Lake Zimmerman, Zimmerman Lake up the Poudre Canyon with some of my students, and we snowshoed. And, uh, and that's one of those things. It's not a solitary place because there are a lot of people that go up in those trails and snowshoe and Nordic ski. But, but it is still, it still has that kind of feeling because it's quiet, you know, and there's so much snow. In fact, I took my snowshoes off. We built a little campfire and we roasted some s'mores out there on on the lake and uh and so i was gathering um i went to gather up some of the uh some firewood off a tree i took my snowshoes off and we kind of tramped down you know a spot to build our fire and uh so i, I had a fire going you know and it's going and, and I, I traipsed over to a i took my snowshoes off and i start over to a tree to get some more wood to break some branches off broken branches and i just sunk out of sight in the snow it was like six feet deep and I didn't stop when I got to my waist. I kept going. And so I grabbed the tree. I grabbed a branch and pulled myself up. I took my coat off. And then, you know, it was kind of fun. And I kind of put my coat out there. And I, you know, got spread eagled like you're supposed to do when you're in, in a dangerous situation. Like even in your avalanche. And I'm swimming out on my coat, you know, because I couldn't stand up. The snow was so deep. And, uh, and it was, but it's one of those places that's a little bit solitary. It's up there in the mountains, you know, and, and, uh, and you can get away and you're back in the trees and it seems like nobody's around you. Um, nobody had their earbuds. We all had our cameras though, right? Because we're taking pictures and you know, all that kind of thing. Jesus wasn't distracted by that. And so what I want you to think about when you come to Lectio Divina, mm -hmm. that's really what it is. It's an undistracted kind of place. So the first line on, on, on this sheet, the one that looks Latin. By the way, Lectio Divina is Latin, right? You know that. Um, Lectio Divina, divine reading. Find a quiet, uh, suitable place to read, listen, and talk. And those are hard places to find sometimes in our houses. Right? I know they are. Um, but that's the idea behind here. We're not plugging into our, our uh, computer screen to watch the meditative videos and, you know, hear, you know, hear the blissful music coming at us, you know, over the airwaves. This is a time to sit, sometimes in silence. And silence is one of those words that brings fear to us because it's really uncomfortable. And we don't practice silence. We're not quiet very often. And so that's a central ingredient. So I'm glad I didn't mess it up for you today by putting all that stuff together. Besides, I'm not very good at that stuff anyway. Um, so, so the idea of Lectio, divine reading, Lectio Divina, is that we're listening with the ear of our heart. We're opening the Word of God for Him to speak. And we're waiting, we're reading, we're listening.
So Lectio means to listen, to read. Meditate, meditatio, another Latin word, uh, means that we're focusing. We're focusing, we're meditating. And in Lectio Divina, you're not reading a whole book at a time. Right? So I know some books, you know, uh, like uh, James, you can read it about six minutes. That's not it. We're not reading for mass. We're reading for, we're reading short sections of scripture. And we might, we might come across a word. So as we're reading, we'll, we'll read this like three times. And we're listening for maybe one word that steps out at us. And what's amazing is, is if we stopped in a, in a passage in a reading, we, uh, if we had as many words as we have in this audience, we might have that many words. Because God doesn't speak to all of us at the same place at the same time about the same thing. See, His message, I, I, you know, preachers kind of think, well, they better get my point. <laughs> well, you know, my point might not be God's point in your life, right? And so that's where the Word of God is such a beautiful thing. And to be able to do this, to, to, to spend some time listening to God and letting Him speak to us is a very powerful tool in our spiritual growth and development and formation. Um, so, and then uh, another, another word that comes into this is oratio, which is to pray, is to speak to God. So in Lectio Divina, we do reading and meditating and speaking. We do some speaking um, to God. And then the contemplatio, it's, it means to rest, to contemplate, to just kind of sit and think. So, let me read to you Psalm 23. You have, uh, you have the, the passage in your hand. And, and so I guess the, the first movement, the first reading, um, and I, I'm going to interrupt. Lectio Divina, typically you wouldn't do this teaching bit. You know, I wouldn't interrupt your thought. You would just be doing it. And when we go to the discussion groups, I want you to, to practice without anybody teaching. You just kind of follow the steps and go through it. All right? But in, in, for right now, I will, since you probably already know how to do this, but humor me. Right? So the first time I'm going to read it, and I want you to listen for a word or a phrase. Okay? So you can close your eyes. You don't have to look at me because that's probably not the best thing to look at, right? Um, and just listen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup 
overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's play with that for just a minute. And typically what you would want to do in a group, if you're doing a group setting, in a group setting or even by yourself, is then be quiet. Just be silent for 10 minutes or so after a reading. And just let that, let those words settle into your heart. But is there a word that, that stuck out to anyone? One word. Pardon? Path. Path. What? Dwell. Restore. Comfort. Listen to that. Not one the same. Mine was table. I'm not sure what that says about me. I'm not really not thinking about lunch. But I, you know, I was thinking about that thing I mentioned a minute ago about all those memories that are triggered. And I think about the table, and I thought about the Lord's Supper and the table, and, and how Jesus was so, he loved eating with people. Sitting down and having a meal with people, communing together. Uh, There's just something about that. And so table stuck out to me. So a word. And uh, we're going to read it again. Um, this time, I want you to think about that word, and maybe it'll be another word, but probably that word, and, and what about that word emotionally, right now, what emotions do you attach with that? What, um, what personal struggle or thought or, uh, not, not necessarily struggle, but blessing, what, what brings you to that word? What's making that word surface? What emotion, because typically what we find is that, that God, I mean, God gave us our emotions, right? And he uses words to draw us, to teach us, to lead us, to bring us closer to him. And, and he's doing all of that in the hope that we'll be thinking and learning and growing in ourselves, right? He's revealing things in us. Want, path, table, dwell, restore. Do you see where this goes? God is using His Scripture, His Word, to draw us, to teach us, not only about Him, but to reveal in us something He needs or recognizes something we need. He's our Father, and He wants to make us better. Let's read again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, restore, or he leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
All right, let's go back to talking about this for a minute. Um, we're going to practice this on a couple of other passages during our, our small discussion groups I, I mentioned. But um, you guys get the feel, right? God speaking to your heart. That's the idea of Lectio Divina. We give him time to speak. We take time to listen. And we enjoy, sometimes depending on the passage, depending on the day, depending on what he needs to show us, sometimes it's not comfortable, right? Because we're reading things like, yikes. Yikes, is this what you mean, God? And so, in our third reading, and kind of our third movement, the first one, we're just looking for that word or phrase. Word or phrase, what stands out? Second reading, we're looking for, why that word? What in my life brings that word to the surface right now? Third time around, it's this business, it's this, this, this business with you and God. God, what is it? Um, what are you trying to tell me? What is your message? What's my mission? What do I take away from this thing? What is it I need to do? Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes the message of God is simply, is simply and this is one we need to hear, you know what? I love you. I, you, you know, you are my design. You are my creation. You are my child. And I made you just the way you are. Quit time to change it. Relax. Be you. Sometimes God wants that message to come through to us, and we, we won't let it. Because we're so busy trying to change us and get us all, you know, right for, uh, for how everybody else expects us to be. And he just wants to say, I just love you. I just love you. I know you're all messed up. He knows that. But you know what? He says, I still love you, even, if you, even in your messed upness. I do. I do. So sometimes it's just listening to that. Sometimes there's no mission. Sometimes there's no, there's no, no work to do. Sometimes it's just an affirmation. You know, I've talked a lot about my, my daughters. Both of them need affirmations. My youngest, Nia, we talked about last week, and uh, she's going to come next week. I told you she was going to be here this week. She couldn't come this week, but she's going to be here next week. She is, she is an affirmation needer, right? So sometimes she'll just come up to me and say, uh, Daddy, tell me you love me. Really? You have to tell me to tell you that? Um, so I try to do that even before she gets to me, right? Um, we need affirmation from God. And sometimes we need to hear Him telling us that. Sometimes funny things happen <clears throat> in Lectio Divina. I'm, I'm going to tell you something my mind wondered just a minute ago. Sometimes funny things happen. You know, and it's okay, it's okay when you're in communion with God to, to laugh for a minute. You know, something that was funny to me. It, it, this, listen to this. Listen to this. And you... Well, you just listen. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Mothers, are you smiling? I mean, when I read that, I was reading that, I was thinking, that is a mess. My cup's overflowing. You know, back there a minute ago, I was talking to Angela about, I think about the coffee. I, those, you know those um, lids, the drinkable, you drink out of the lid thing? 
You know, invariably, mine leak. It leak. I leak. You know, I have leaks on my pants, right? And uh, spills. I, I drank every drop of that cup because I was sitting on the floor back there. I didn't want anybody to, to, to knock it over and spill it. I didn't want my cup to overflow. Right in here, God's talking about my cup's overflowing. You know, what a great word picture for one of your kids one of these days. Surprise them, right? Surprise them. And be standing there, Mom. Angela, do this with your kids. Be standing there with a water pitcher at dinner, a full pitcher, and you got an eight-ounce glass, right? 32 ounces pitcher of water and an eight-ounce glass. And you just stand there and start pouring. You know, in the surface tension, it gets to the top. You know, in that one last drop that makes it go over the edge, you know, just keep pouring. Just pour the whole pitcher into that glass. I tell you, kid, that reminds me of Psalm 23. My cup overflows. And laugh a little bit. I don't know why he wrote that. I, I, well, I guess I do. Because he's talking about being you know, plentiful. You know, I, my cup never runs dry. That idea. And I guess if you lived in those in this place, it was a dry and thirsty land. That brings up another scripture, doesn't it? All those things. Dry and thirsty lands. Thirst, water, and living, streams of living water. You know all the imagery that is in Scripture is meant to have a powerful effect on us. God created the world, the heavens, and everything in the world. He created all of it. Terra firma and the, 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 the astron... The, uh, what do you call that? Celestial, you know, that, that was the scientific word, right? The skies, the heavens. He created all of it. Put it into action. And then, and then when Jesus came on the scene, and even in the Old Testament, God too used all that stuff to teach us. <clears throat> End of Luke, on the road to Emmaus. Jesus is walking along, and as some of the disciples are walking along, some of those that, uh, that had learned and heard, and, and, uh, and Jesus shows up, and they don't know who he is. He's walking along, talking. He's got a sandals on. His feet are all dusty and dirty, and you know, dusty, dirty roads in Jerusalem and, you know, poof, they take a step and the dust flies up. And, and, uh, and so they're talking and, and, and they're just amazed. And, you know, I can, they're just all talking at once. They just kind of can hear that conversation. And, uh, and he joins in the conversation and, and they're all excited and, and uh, he kind of ends up inviting himself to dinner. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. So, so he goes to their house in the blue. Road to Emmaus. The Emmaus Road, and there are Bible studies on that and, and on all that kind of thing. But, but he goes and he eats with them. He breaks bread. And we did the Lord's Supper. Break bread and the fruit of the vine. Two very earthy things. And God uses them. Jesus uses them for, you know, from, for all of humanity across the ages to teach and to remind do this. I remember on our, back to Wellington, back to my little church on the, on the west side. The northwest side of the auditorium was the communion table. You know, we didn't do this. We didn't get up and move during communion. We passed the trays down the pews, right? And so the communion table, on the front of that communion table, I don't know how much that thing cost. In fact, I don't even think I thought about it until just right now. It said, it had engraved letters, this do in remembrance of me. Yeah. Yeah. 
in, in remembrance. Remember me. And he uses things. He uses words. He uses imagery. He uses real life flesh and blood. Things that we know and touch and feel and smell to help us understand him and to get more in touch with who we are and where we need to go. So, again, three focus questions as we do Lectio Divina in a group like this or individually. And you have, uh, you have your paper with you. Um, Lectio, read it, multiply You know, there's no magic formula. It's not, this isn't, this isn't rocket science, and I'm not saying do it this way. Play with it, right? Have some fun with it and figure out what works for you. I'm just throwing a, a, just an idea to help you get closer to God. And however it works, some of these might not. not they might, you've got to figure that out for you, right? But you have the steps um, to do. The three questions, the three focuses, as, you, as you're reading, as you're doing your reading, multiple readings, a word, one word, what word? What phrase? What is it that just stands out to me for some reason? Number two, what is it about that word in my life right now do I have a connection to? An emotion, an experience, something. How does it connect, God? So talk to God during that time, right? Um, pray about that. God, give me, give me some, some indicator. Help me understand why this word. Because it might not come immediately, Right? You're having to spend time um, asking God and talking to God because He's working on you and in you. So ask Him as you're working through this. What is it, God? And thirdly, God, what is, what is, that? is there a mission here for me? Is there something I need to take away, something I need to do? Or is this a truth that I just need to come to grips with in my life, that I need to relax in? That's it. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. And thank you for Jesus. And the way he, uh, he really modeled spending time with you. And, uh, and God, help us. Uh, help me to, to spend more time listening. More time meditating and letting your word uh, melt and seep. Um, down into my heart and my mind so that the, the words that you've spoken, the words you've given in, in scripture um, can have relevance to the people around me and to me God help me to make sense out of um, out of where you've called me to be and what you've called me to be and uh, God I pray that I'll just reflect your glory that we all would do that God, that we would just be seen as, uh, as your children and lights. And let us, uh, let us rest in knowing that we are your children and that you want the very best for us. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen.